And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Tuesday. Casey Justclair here with Coach Brian Colley. We got a fun show coming your way today. And in the next segment of the show, we have um, Cecilia football coach and our good friend, Coach Dennis Skeens, who will be joining us. We covered Coach Skeens in the Superdome, the Division II non-select state championship Um Dennis will be joining us to kind of put a bow on the season. They had an amazing season, and we want to get Dennis's thoughts on that. And I'm sure Dennis is already also looking ahead with a junior heavy crew, uh, how they could you know get back there and, and try to win the last game of the season. So we'll have Dennis on at 11:45 at noon. We got the enemy on at noon. Ah, Gage Griffin will be joining us of the Central Lafouche Trojans. We're going to be covering him, taking on South Lafouche. He's not at all the enemy. He's a great guy. We're just kidding. But Gage will be joining us at noon to talk about South Lafouche and Central Lafouche, which you'll be able to hear right here on KLEB and also on ESPN 100.3. And we might ask Gage, you know, some questions about Monday Night Raw last night and some other. (laughs) I understand he's a big WWE fan. Uh, So we'll chat with him about that. High school heavy today. Usually we get to the basketball scoreboard. The basketball scoreboard is light. So we're going to lead off instead with a little bit of breaking news from the world of high school. Um, I was alerted early this morning. You know, hey, just Claire, be be by a computer because there's going to be some news coming down the pipe. And it turns out that the news that was coming down the pipe is that Vanderbilt Catholic football coach Tommy Mitten announced that he is going to be retiring after a nearly four-decade coaching career. Coach Minton took the Vanderbilt job in 2021. He led the team to the playoffs in all three of his seasons with the Terriers. But I'll be honest, man, the Vanderbilt piece of his career is just a small slice. He had an extremely successful stop at Central Catholic, an extremely successful stop at Patterson, meant to the Superdome multiple times with Patterson, uh, Coach Kenny Hilliard and the Lumberjacks were one of the best 3A programs in the state during his time there. 38 years, and he is hanging them up. This past season, Vanderbilt made the second round of the Division II Select State playoffs. Tommy Minton posted on social media today. He said, quote, I just told my team that for the first time in 38 years, I won't be coaching football next year. I have retired. The relationships will be missed. So many great men that I've had the pleasure to work with and that I've had the pleasure to coach. Thank you. I guess that honeydew list can't be put off anymore, LOL. Uh, so Vanderbilt will begin to search immediately to try to find Minton's replacement, but they've got options internally if they want to go that route. they got several coaches on their staff that have been head coaches, including a few that have been head coaches there, and it's also going to be a very attractive job to folks outside of the area because you got Good resources. You got a very talented roster. Hell, you got the number one or number two running back in the state of Louisiana coming back in Jalen Coleman. You got some good pieces. So it'll be interesting to see what Vanderbilt finds, but we could we could have that conversation another day. Today's Tommy Minton's day. 38 years in the profession. Did it the right way. Good dude. I always enjoyed covering him. I put it on Twitter just a minute ago. One of the favorites that I've covered. Always gave me an open door. Always gave me access. Always gave me whatever I needed. Coach, uh, we're rooting for you in your next chapter, buddy, and congratulations on an awesome 38 years. I throw it to you, man. You know what this is like. You know how hard these decisions are because you had to make the same decision a couple years ago, but uh, one of the good ones is is, uh, stepping out of the profession. Yeah, uh, very good, uh, Coach, and uh, won a ton of games, man, and uh, did a great job, and 
Yeah, it's a it's tough when you uh you've doing something for so long and to just walk away. It's uh it's tough. It it, it it comes a time in everyone's career when they you know they think it's time for them to go and uh, just wish him nothing but the best. And I'm sure he's gonna stay around the game in in some capacity and uh, just a a great coach, uh, a great man, and he's gonna be hard to replace. He did some good things in his career, and again we wish him nothing but the best. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, so. Coach Minton will be uh, going on and doing other things, and, and it doesn't look like coaching would be part of the plans anymore, and we'll be following that coaching search. As of now, that is the only known um, head coaching vacancy that we have in our area. We haven't heard of any other news or anything. Who else? We got, well, we got uh, Morgan City. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I was thinking Lafouche Terrebonne assumption. But, yes, Morgan City. We do know Morgan City is available. Um, but what is interesting, bro, is that like it, it creates – almost like a domino effect, right? Like, let's say, I'll I'll go ahead and I'll throw the name out there. Let's say that Mike Walker, who was at Berwick and was formerly at Vanderbilt, and I don't know that Mike's interested in the Vanderbilt job. I'm just using that name because I know he has Vanderbilt ties. But what I'm getting at is it creates a domino effect. Let's say Mike Walker would apply, and let's say he would get the Vanderbilt job. Okay, well, then that creates a vacancy at Berwick, and then somebody's got to go there, and like that carousel and all those dominoes start to fall, and that's whenever we start to see the, the deck get shuffled a little bit. Now, I don't know what van direction Vanderbilt's going to go. Like I said, they got some great internal options. They got great prospects to get somebody from the outside, but that carousel is starting to spin a little bit around the state, and it's going to continue to pick up momentum because there's going to be jobs outside of the area that are going to be very attractive, and it's... That time of the year, man, it's coaching season. That carousel's about ready to start spinning. Yeah, it reminds me uh, back when uh, Andrew Cayouette, Thibodeau High basketball coach, took the job at HL. He left Thibodeau, went to HL. Barry Fields was at Central. He left Central, went to Thibodeau. Then I was an assistant at, at Thibodeau, and I, I went to Phil Barry's place at, at Central. So, yeah, it's uh, there's some moving parts, and we'll see in the area. Um, that's the first opening in the local area besides Morgan City, uh, we'll see if there's any more. And um, it, it, you would want a coach to come in like for the second semester, if, if at all possible. So some things may uh, be pretty quick. Yep. So we'll uh, be keeping our eyes on that. And, and Coach Minton, congratulations on an awesome career. Um, we'll get to the scoreboard in just a second. We'll get to some LHSA stuff that I was made abreast to yesterday and a little later in the show because boy they are planning um yeah, that's just no way some ridiculous things we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show um but first we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the game that we covered last night on espn 100.3 um it was our first rendition of the high school game of the week which we're going to do several times throughout the course of the season um Two local teams that are playing Vanderbilt Catholic boys basketball. God bless you. Good luck to you. Um, all that good stuff. The Terriers are ridiculously gifted. They get an 81-48 to win last night over South Plaquemine. They get up and down the floor. They play with pace. They have so many different ways that they could hurt you. Last night, their leading scorer was a bench player, Jahari Coleman, who came off of the bench and scored 21 points. 
The reigning 4A district MVP, Jordan Matthews, was in double digits. They had other guys who were in double digits. Vic Nair off the bench, who didn't really play much until the second half, had double digits. Um, the two, the, the three things that stood out to me. First, just the sheer depth of talent. They got 10, 11 dudes that could play for any team in the area. The second thing is their defensive energy and intensity. They got such active hands, deflections, causing chaos, causing you know loose balls, force, and turnovers. And then the third thing is what I was talking with Leon with about the game, after the game rather, is they're very selfless. They share the ball. We saw more highlight reel passes yesterday than we saw like highlight reel shots. Everybody's willing to give up the good shot to get the great shot. And I'm telling you now, man, this is a team that has a chance to, to win the last game of the season. They've got that type of a roster. It's a Vanderbilt team that made the quarterfinals last year, lost to Shaw at home. This is a team that has the potential if everything comes together. And look, you got to stay healthy. You got to get a little lucky along the way. They have the potential to win the last game of the season. They are that type of a team. Yeah, look, uh, they're not the vi- biggest team, lack of size, but they make up for it with their guard play. Their guard play is exceptional uh, from 1 to, to 12. Yeah. You, you know, you got guys that can come in, and they're, uh, you, you're right on defense. Uh, if you try and, and lob the ball against that defense, they're just so quick where they, they see the court on offense and defense, see the court, my God, the, the passes they made inside, penetrating, they, like you said, they're, not, they're very unselfish. They make the, the right pass and they score layups. And on defense, they see the court where uh, they react to the ball quick. When the ball's in the air, they're going to leave their spot. They're not going to stand and just watch the ball. They're going to move and they're going to make steals. They turn those steals into easy layups. And uh, in a half-court set, they have great space and in their offense where they can pick and choose different gaps to penetrate against certain zones. And if you come over and stop the ball, they kick out for wide-open threes, and they were knocking them down. And if you don't stop the penetration, their guards are strong enough to get to the rim and finish. And it's not just throwing the ball up. They're, they're strong on the inside. And they're, they're post guys, not very tall, a couple of them, but they work so hard. And I think their strength on the inside, keeping balls alive and their guards can come and use their jumping ability and, and rebound the ball a lot. And uh, it was always said that when Vanderbilt's playing on an up-tempo, it's, uh, they are their best. The thing that's going to hurt them, and I guess it hurts everybody in Division Two Select, is just how brutally tough Division Two Select is. They are in a bracket with Carver, Peabody, Shaw, Madison Prep, Lafayette Christian, Landry, Buckeye, who's 11-0, David Thibodeau, St. Michael, E.D. White's undefeated, John F. Kennedy, St. Louis, Turlings, De La Salle, The Willow School, Hannon, Washington Marion. I mean, they're in a bracket with just so many traditional powers, but I'm going to steal a phrase from Dennis Skeens, who we're going to have on in the next segment. Yeah, hey, those teams are good, but Vanderbilt's pretty good too. So, you know, they're going to have to try to beat Vanderbilt too, uh, but, man, that is a brutal brutal division to select when you're talking about right now Washington Marion is currently seated 20th <laughs> something tells me that they're probably pretty damn good you got an ED white team that's undefeated right now they're seated 11th Vanderbilt seated 10th 
Um, that's a brutal bracket, and boy, come playoff time, you talk about some heavyweight matchups that we're going to get there. Oh, my goodness, that's going to be a whole lot of fun to see. And, and look, in that bracket, the season's going to matter because where are you going to end up in that final power ranking can make a big difference if you're able to make a run or not. And you know what's going to end up hurting Vanderbilt is that the last month of their season, they're yeah. not going to get any power points because our local 4A district is not very good this year. And that could potentially be the difference between a home second or third round game and a road second or third round game. So whew, it's, uh, it's rough, but I'm sure that at the end of the season, Coach Veal may be one of those coaches saying, hey, man, why are we doing districts? We shouldn't be doing them anymore because it could potentially hurt his team in a big way. And, and when they get into district, you better be at your best because you cannot sleep nope. Nope. on some of these teams behind you nope. in the district. Can't lose a district game if yep. you're them. No that, doubt about cause that. Them. No doubt. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Dennis Gaines of Cecilia. We covered his team in the Dome. They came up just short. Can't wait to hear what Dennis has to say about the game. It's play-by-play. -play. We'll be right back after this. The deputies of the Lafouche Parish Sheriff's Office remind you to designate a driver if you plan to drink this holiday season. By driving impaired, you endanger others as well as yourself. Designate a driver anytime you plan to drink. Have a safe and happy holiday season. From the Lafouche Parish Sheriff's Office. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called DoFriend Easy Buy? Come see us at DoFriendLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the DoFriend difference. Happy Holidays from Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Join us for the Wrap Up the Year sales event. Tis the season to get a great deal on a Ram or new commercial truck, van, car, or SUV. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business or personal use. It is the December to remember, so get a great deal on your dream car, SUV, or truck today at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. It's beginning to look a lot like savings. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! Welcome back to play-by-play -play here on KLEB. Casey Jiskler here with Coach Brian Colley. And on Friday, we made the road trip out to New Orleans. We had to support one of our brothers. We went out there and watched Cecilia and their head football coach, Coach Dennis Gaines, is on the line now. Unfortunately, they came up a little bit short against Opelousas. Coach, good morning, man. How are we doing today? 
Good, guys. How are y'all? How's, it, how's everything on the bayou? Good, man. Everything's going good, bro. Uh, tough one for your team on Friday. I thought you guys played well at times, just couldn't sustain enough of uh, that momentum to kind of take that lead and then and, and, you'll carry it forward. What were some things you were seeing on the sidelines, brother? Oh, uh, well, man. I've, uh, hang on one second, guys. Sure. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, it was. I mean, look, they're they're a good football team. We knew that going in. Uh, have a lot of good football players. They're well coached. Uh, so we knew we were going to have to. Uh, we knew we could slow them down defensively, but we weren't going to stop them. Uh, and the thing we were able to do the first time that we weren't able to do this time is try to try to score with them. You know what I mean? Uh, we weren't able to do that on Friday, and that was the difference in the game. We really needed a uh, made a big play on special teams, but we just weren't able to capitalize on it. Uh, and you know, I think that was kind of difference in the the game was just not being able to capitalize uh, when we had decent field position. Man, one of the things that that Brian and I have been talking about really since the game, dude, you guys were doing some really unique and I thought really cool stuff on defense, bro. You guys were uh, had no down linemen sometimes on some of those plays. You had four guys at the line of scrimmage, none of them were in their stands. They were just kind of pacing and walking and. Dude, it worked. Those guys were shooting into the gaps. They were stopping the run. T- tell me about that, dude. That was a very unique look, but it had some success for you guys. Yeah, I mean, that's a, uh, I mean, we've been doing that all year. We, we knew, so y'all know me, I'm a 4-3 guy. I've always, I've played, I've played around with those kind of looks, but usually only on passing situations. I mean, even at South, we, every once in a while, we would do it at South. Uh, but what, what I knew was, we couldn't survive this year uh, with the defensive lineman that we had, um, you know, playing a 4-3, not, not if we wanted to be successful. And I knew we were going to be really good on offense. Uh, and I didn't want to steal any linemen from, from the offensive side because we got all of our offensive linemen back, and I knew they were gelling. So it just became a thing where we had to find a way to be successful with what we had. Uh, so I did a lot of work. I worked football hours uh during the spring this year. So, like, I'm really coming off of a two-football season, it feels like. But uh, went and visited a lot of people in, um, you know, out of state who do, who do similar things. I've done more Zoom calls than I can uh, than I can even comprehend, really, or tell you about it. So many where we just find a school that does it, and uh, I request that, you know, to do some, you know, could we do a Zoom and could we talk about how y'all do it and how y'all word it and everything, and, and just kind of created it and made it our own. Um, the team out of Stillwater that did it the most, that's who we talked to the most, and just kind of turned it into our own thing. And uh, it's scary, man, <laughs> when you first start running it. Because, uh, you know, it, it's obviously there's more to it than you just start walking around back there and then run straight into the line. But that's what it kind of looks like every play, which is, is the it, you know, that's kind of the, the point of it. But, uh you know, it, it, it enabled us to do some things with some guys that, you know, probably wouldn't have been able to hold up uh, if we were playing just straight up 4-3 or even a 3-4 defense. Man, you know, one of the things I was most impressed with is, you know, probably about an hour after the game, um, I'm on my phone and I'm going on Twitter. And, and I, first off, I didn't realize that your quarterback was a junior. I just assumed with all the success he was having that he was a senior, but I didn't realize he was coming back. I log on to social media and I see him post on social media. It's a man like, you know, hey, this was a setback. 
Uh, this was tough, not what we wanted. But then he put at the end, man, this offseason is going to be crazy because we got to get back here. To hear one of your leaders already that, you know, with the wound still that fresh, talking about, hey, we're going to get back to this point, it's got to make you awfully proud, man. You got a big old core group of juniors, and I'm sure the offseason is going to be intense because those guys are not going to like that taste that they have in their mouth from the last game of the year. No, and our offseason just keep getting better and better. And he, yeah, no, he's absolutely, uh, that's the kind of kid he is. You know, uh, he was, I think I told y'all, he's one of the ones I, uh, we've had to, he was one, he was skipping school at one point to come to the varsity workouts. And I didn't realize it uh, when he was in the eighth grade, you know, during the COVID, you know, certain days you have school, certain days you didn't. So I just figured he was showing up during COVID because he was off that day and come to find out he would skip class just to come to the workouts and he would go back. So kind of got in a little bit of trouble. That's just kind of kid he is. Uh, he wasn't a hundred percent, which I wish, uh, on that stage, I wish we could have could have played him and our tailback at 100. Uh, percent Not and that's not to say to make excuses. Opelousas beat us straight up, legitimately. They have some injured guys too that were able to to kind of go still. So, you know, hats off to Opelousas. I'm not taking anything from them, but uh, I wish Diesel would have been kind of 100. He's probably. I think he he pulled his hamstring somewhere in the middle of the north Northwest game and didn't tell us about it and just kind of battled through it so he was kind of just kind of hanging on so I know he was very disappointed kind of just that he wasn't able to do some of the things he normally does uh but you know he can't put it all on himself and we have a lot of good guys around him we just weren't able to get it done so uh but that's the kind of person he is he's he's not happy if he's not really really good at something or if he feels like you know he was any you know he was part of that you know and I'm sure he puts a lot of that on his shoulders Coach, talk about the play of that uh, number one on defense. That young man was all over oh, yeah. the field. Yeah, that's uh, his name's Brent Gordon. I call him BJ. He's uh, yeah, he's he's one that started as a freshman. Um, his first, he was so tiny his freshman year, and my DB coaches kept saying, "Coach, you gotta play this kid." And I'm like, "Dude, I'm not playing that kid. He's like <laughs> five six or whatever he was." And we had a couple of injuries, uh, so we had to play him one game. And we play him versus Notre Dame at Crowley, of all people. And uh, I'm like, Lord, this poor little kid. I'm just throwing him in the fire, you know. But this little dude came down and just started smoking people. Uh, you know, now he was only like 5'7", 120 or whatever he was. But, like, he was, he came up and had a couple big hits, a couple big tackles this freshman year. We kind of knew we had something. And then he just grew, just started growing. Uh, as soon as the season was over, I mean, he must have sprouted up a foot. But uh, he's just a real, you know, he's just a, he's one of those that has a knack for uh, rolling his hips at the right time. He's an explosive player. Uh, he's been our free, you know, all year. I mean, he's a, he's a, you know, that'll be his third year starting. So, but he's also such a great kid, and he understands what it takes. He buys in. He helps the rest of the kids buy in. And Kim and Diesel are both kind of like that, where they, they, show people, hey, this is how hard you have to work. You know, either get on board or, or get out kind of situation. And they're a big part of uh, this team and the success we have. What did you learn from the experience, man? You know, you're playing a little earlier in the day, you know, making the trip. And, you know, there's some different things about pregame. There's, you know, half times a little longer. There's always something that you could carry out of it. What did you learn from the experience doing it as a head coach for the first time? 
Well, just the routine of it. I, I think we got lucky because we were the first game, so we were able to stay on a kind of on an itinerary and kind of stick to it. Which, I mean, if y'all know me, that's I'm good with that. Like, if you can tell me, all right, when can I be out there? Then I can make an itinerary and we can stick to it. Uh, I feel bad for the guys that don't know when the game's going to end. That the game before them's going to end, so they're just kind of waiting to hear, you know. Um, but that that kind of was smooth sailing, and our uh, booster club does such a good job. Like I didn't have to deal with hotels or anything like that, so it was really just football. I think um, the biggest thing is just uh, I don't know about what, what we could have done differently, other than uh, I don't think it's any different if we had played at our own place uh, versus playing in the dome. But they were just a better team that day. They were a little more healthy. They were able to score. Uh, and take advantage of some stuff that we weren't and you know you hate it uh, because you work so hard to get here and y'all know me it's a we're not really we don't we're not a lot we're not real interested in the second place trophy and all that so it's it's just a difficult uh, thing that I know in a few months I'll be able to sit back and and appreciate it more but right now it still kind of stings. Look, man, um, let, let's talk about some non-football stuff. We got some wind. Or we got wind of something here on the bayou that is happening over in Baton Rouge, and I'm sure you're going to be awfully interested in it. I got a proposal um, from the LHSA Executive Committee to amend constitutional bylaws that would allow a free one-time transfer to any player in the state of Louisiana. Which basically, Dennis, if this passes, and it has not passed, but it's being discussed, would basically create a transfer portal in high school. I'm sure you've got some thoughts on that. Um, I'm sure that you've got some things that you'd like to say about that. So I'm going to offer you an open mic, my man. What are your thoughts as you're seeing the executive committee pose what I think is a ridiculous idea, but it's being floated. So what are your thoughts? Man, I just, look, y'all know me. So you already know that my answer. Uh, That's why we asked. Right. <laughs> but uh, look, I, I just wish, I wish, I wish people would play with their own kids. I wish people would do it honestly. I wish people would. I miss the days of hey, it, let's see who's the best. And yeah, there would be more parity. And yeah, you maybe not win every year, but I mean, what, what are we teaching kids? I mean, yeah, you don't win it every year. Like that's. The only way to, to honestly, the only way to freaking win it every year and to be in the dome as many times as these guys are in the dome is to be dishonest, to do something incorrectly, to gain an advantage that you're not supposed to gain. And it's sad, and I hate it because it's not the way you're supposed to do it. It's not the, the it's not the truth. You know, if if we did it properly, if everybody was honest, and all of us just busted our butt and did the best we could as coaches, yeah, there would be a lot more parity out there. But also, kids would learn. You know what? you don't win every every single year. Sometimes you bust your butt and you do everything you can and, and you fall a little short, and that's called life. That's what we do. You know, it's not a, hey, when things are not going well, well, let me make sure to get out of here so I can go find a better place that maybe I can win, you know. Instead of trying to win, you know, we had, we had a kid that decided to go to LCA, you know, so he transferred and he took his year off and he took his leg. And you know what happened? They went to the Dome and they lost. You know what happened if he would have stayed? He would have gone to the Dome and he would have lost. And it's the exact same thing. But he thought he was going into a better situation or he thought it was going to somehow make him more recruited or uh, they were definitely going to win or whatever. And you know what? It's sad. It's sad that kids look at where they're at and they say, okay, instead of me 
working as hard as I can to help this team become as good as it possibly can, I'm going to go and find another place to play. So what we're teaching kids is, hey, whenever you don't think you're, you're happy or you're not in the right situation, instead of working really hard to fix that, hey, let's just leave and go find a better situation. And that's just not reality. You know, uh, that's where I stand on it. I wish everybody's honest. They're not. They'll never be just because of the competitiveness. But uh, I know this. I'm never going to cheat. And if that means I don't ever win a state championship, then I'll never win one. And uh, I just don't have a lot of respect for the guys that, that try to, to try to do it the wrong way. Well, that's why we asked you the Amen. question because that is Amen. a beautiful answer. Dennis, thanks so much for the time, brother. Congratulations on a great season, and it was awesome to see you on Friday, man. Hey, it was great to see y'all. I wish we, uh, wish we could have talked in better circumstances, but uh, it, was, it was great to see y'all. Sure do miss the guys down the bayou. Absolutely. Thanks, buddy. All right, bud. That's Coach Dennis Skeens. Boy, uh, if I could just drop the microphone right now, we could close the show uh, with that because he said it better than I ever could. Um, we'll discuss a little more in detail some of the things they're trying to do. It's ridiculous, and I'm glad that Dennis took, took, took such a hard-line stance on it because – I mean, he he said it beautifully. Let, I'm anxious to see. Let's which schools are going to vote for it. Yeah, we want to cheat. Hey, yeah, I, I want to see Zachary. I mean, <laughs> there'll be one. Which schools would or would vote for that proposal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the ones that are voting for probably won't lose any kids. They're gonna gain. It's um. Crazy times, and for those that are not familiar, stick around. A little later in the show, we're going to oh. tell you exactly what we're talking about here. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to go to Gage Griffin of Central Lafouche. They're taking on South Lafouche today in a boy-girl doubleheader, which you'll be able to hear right here, both on KLEB and also on ESPN 100.3. The Trojans are taking on the Tarpons in the tank, and we look forward to hearing some things that Gage has to say about the matchup. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions, our medicine bottles, and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Season's greetings from A.J. LeBlanc and the staff at LeBlanc Insurance Agent. You keep us glowing and bright all year round, and we look forward to caring for your needs in the coming year. Happy holidays and have a great new year. God bless all of you, A.J. LeBlanc. Get ready, Gritter, New Orleans area. The big one, the great Southern Gun and Knife Show is coming for two big days only this weekend at the Pontchartrain Center on Williams Boulevard. Show hours are Saturday 9 until 5, Sunday 10 till 5. Hundreds of dealer tables available. Full of guns, knives, ammunition, holsters, gun, books, camouflage, jewelry and related items. Hunters and collectors, this big show's for you. Buy, sell, trade or just spend the day browsing. Ladies are especially welcome. Admission is just $10 for adults and $2 for children ages 6 to 11. Sorry, no one under the age of 18 admitted without a parent. Got any guns to sell? Be sure they're unloaded and bring them to the show. Thousands of buyers will be there. Instant background checks available for gun purchases. The big one, the great Southern Gun and Knife Show, March 19th and 20th. Show hours 9 to 5 Saturday, 10 to 5 on Sunday. Come to the Pontchartrain Center on Williams Boulevard to exercise your right to keep and bear arms. While you're there, be sure to register for the $50 restaurant gift card. See you there at the big one. Sure as shooting, don't miss it. 
Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Before we get to Gage, who's on the phone lines now, let's thank our sponsors, the Blue Boot Foundation, Golden Motors, where price is priority, located on Highway 3235 and Cutoff, and Dufresne Building Materials. Experience the Dufresne difference with eight locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Belchase, Sluling, Slidell, Araby, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And a reminder, the Raging Cajun is ready to spread some holiday cheer. Tune in each weekday to KLEB. 1600 a.m. and 102.7 FM between 6 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. for a chance to win a free $25 gift certificate from Rouse's Markets. Listen for the hawk squeal sound, sound bite and then be the fifth caller for a chance to win a $25 gift, certi- gift certificate. Goodness, easy for me to say. You got it. Promotion will air December 4th through 15th. This promotion is brought to you by our friends at Rouse's Markets. Prizes will be mailed to winners. Coastal Broadcasting is not responsible for prizes lost in the mail. Join Rouse's Markets Bourbon Society to be the first to hear about limited-run bourbons and new releases. Sign up today. Email cheers at rouses.com to learn more about bourbon brands. Get your holiday bourbon baskets and hard-to-find bourbons at retail prices at Rouse's Markets. So we go to the phone lines now for the second time today, and we have Coach Gage Griffin on the line. Gage, good afternoon. How are we doing, buddy? Oh, good afternoon. I'm doing fine. How are y'all? Doing good, man. Uh, big day rivalry matchup. You guys coming down the bayou to take on the Tarpons, uh, come into the matchup playing pretty well. Uh, talk about your team, man. Oh, yeah, we've been playing pretty well. We're recovering from a lot of sickness the last few weeks. Uh, I think everybody's been dealing with that. But uh, we're starting to get more motion. We're starting to get more people involved a lot recently. It's starting to come together, and I think we're ready for more challenges coming our way. Got a big big game tonight. Got a big week ahead of us next week. But uh, I think our players are getting very well prepared now. Um, Evans looking like he's back to full strength after he had two rough games being sick. But uh, I hope it's starting to come together a little more tonight. Six and three in the early stages. He lost a tough one to Patterson this weekend, but won a tough one mm-hmm. against Central Catholic. Um, what's the difference, man, in those in those close, hard-fought games, the Southside game or the Patterson game? What What is the one thing that you guys are not doing that's not allowing you to finish those close ones? The one big thing, it's, it's minor mental mistakes, but a lot of times it's simply just inbounds plays as well. Like when we're defending an inbounds play, I've been trying to get our team to see where they're going to go, watch a little more film, try to see where they're going to go before it even happens. Um, and I think we're going to be a little more prepared tonight with that. Um, we're making some adjustments on that end. But defensively, if we just know our personnel a little better, know who's the shooters, who's not, Patterson, that killed us. They had one kid hit three three-pointers in one quarter, and they went on their run. But I think it's going to start coming together a little better. Taking on the Tarpons um, on the road in the tank. This is going to be your first time as a head coach going there into what should be a rowdy environment. You played there when you were a player. What are you going to tell your teams? Look, man, on, on paper, you guys have, have a better group than they do this year. But rivalry matchups, you throw the record books out. What are you going to tell your guys to make sure that they're ready? Yeah, and that's it. And uh, it's a very well-coached team. I know Coach Brody is going to have them ready to go. I already told the boys this week, Sunday and yesterday, so you're going into hostile territory. They, These guys actually haven't really been there yet because with uh, the storm and everything, they didn't have their gym the last two years. But uh, they're going in there. I told them this could be unlike any place you've ever seen, a rivalry game, going to Fountain Foosh. I know they're going to be ready tonight. I told them they got to handle the adversity. Whatever comes, 
at them tonight. It's going to be like a district game atmosphere. And I feel like we're ready for that now. And it's going to be great to prepare us for what's to come. Well, that's a great segue to the next question I was going to ask. Your district is wide open. Bourgeois is really good. You guys are really good. Hanville's really good. Like, there's there's no easy ones on those Tuesdays and Fridays when district begins. I can't wait for our local 5A district play, bro. It's going to be some exciting basketball. Oh, yes. This could be very fun, very competitive each night. I feel like every game I'll be pulling my hair out. and <laughs> It's going to be it, probably every game could be decided by one or two plays. And I hope my guys, I hope we got the maturity level now that we'll be able to close them games out. Like I told you before, last year we had five games that were decided by less than five points. We go flip that this year, then it could be our year. But I know I know very sure that anything could happen, and it is wide open. Gage, I'm looking at this now, and I didn't realize this, and correct me if this isn't right. You guys have not played a home game and will not play a home game until January 9th? Is, was that by design? or And then, dude, you guys are building some thick skin going on all these road trips and everything before you ever play at home. That's very true, and we were going to have one home game that we were going to have against Crescent City that ended up getting canceled, something on their end. But honestly, it's good to go on the road beforehand. And this year they had a lot of people we had to return. But the other the other guys that we had, I was fine traveling because back when I played, Coach Sanders used to always have us traveling early December, November. And then by the time you get to the district, it's like, we've been here before. Now that you come home, when my guys get their home game, now they're going to be more motivated than ever to perform in front of the home crowd. And the first week that we have home games, we got three back-to-back-to-back. And when we get that rolling, I think it's going to be red hot in here. Fans are going to be ready to go. They've been waiting on that home game. I expect it to be packed that first game of January. I go to Go Preps and I see you guys at 32 right now. You got to get into the top 28. It's still so, so super early. These numbers are going to change a million times before the end of the year. But the question that Brian and I like to ask these coaches is: At what point in the season do you start looking at the numbers? Have you already started to, you know, kind of dive into that? At what point in the year do you, you know, relentlessly click refresh on Go Preps like every other coach in the state? Yeah, that's what I've looked at it before. I really don't look at it completely till district starts. When district hits, it's every night before the district game I go look at it, and <laughs> every night after. But uh, for now, I know it's still got to balance out a little bit, which honestly uh, is hard seeing us that low right now because we've had some great games and great performances. Um, but we got some people above us that we're going to be playing that. If we get them soon, especially going to the Walker Tournament next week, that's going to be very big for us as well. We need to take care of the next two games, and then those three can help us out regardless. But I think we're on the right track, and we're going to find a way in. Coach, obviously I'll have uh, Evan that can play inside, outside. But talk about the play of, is it uh, Blaze Gisclair and uh, somebody, your other perimeter guy that can shoot the basketball, what they bring to your team? Yeah, so uh, Blaze Gisclair, he's been the floor general for all four of his years here. He started off like just a sharpshooter. Now he's become basically the primary ball handler. He's one of the guys that I know he's not going to turn the basketball over in late-game situations. We could put it in our other guys' hands, like Connor DePlanis, Jace Woolrich at first, 
And once they get the game going, and at the end, it's like, okay, give it to Blaze, give it to Evan, and I know we could trust those guys. But Blaze on the defensive end means so much more than people expect. He comes into the passing lanes. He's able to talk. He's pushing people around the different places. He's one of the underrated defenders we got. Um, Jaden Battles inside has been a great presence as long as he starts finishing at the basket. Um, and a big guy, which I've probably seen, heard his name recently, Isaiah Williams, he's been stepping up a lot. I need him to keep grinding, keep ready to go. Um, and I hope he got a big game tonight. Gage, uh, it's time. Who's going to win the Royal Rumble, man? Oh, that's a big question right now. And <laughs> I can tell you, after what I watched last night, I really think they're going, they're going towards CM Punk here. Mm. And you, you think he's going to face AJ Styles at WrestleMania? No, oh, he's going to go after Seth Rollins. Uh, yeah, that, I'm sorry, AJ. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, Seth yeah, Rollins. Seth yeah. Rollins, yes. And then do you uh, think it'd be Roman and Cody with the other? I think it will be. I think they're going to make it seem like Cody's not going to go after Roman, and then he's going to fall short at the Rumble, kind of like Shawn Michaels did with The Undertaker years back. And then Cody's going to have to chase, and he's going to go after Roman again. So, I mean, I'm just learning that you're a big wrestling guy. I'm a big wrestling guy. We favorite. talk some wrestling here on the show. Who, who's your favorites? Who, like, a lot of people don't like Roman Reigns. I'm a Roman Reigns fan. Uh, but who, who are some of your guys? Who are some of your favorites that you like to watch the most? So, favorite all time, first off, is The Undertaker. That's never going to change. There you go. Um, Loved him forever. I went to WrestleMania 25, WrestleMania 30, and 34. Loved all those matches. Right now, I'm a current favorite. I love me some L.A. Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I respect everything Roman Reigns has done. He's probably the best performer they have out there. Um, very underrated guy. I love Johnny Gargano. Um, the Miz has been great in Gunter. Oh, Lord. Yes. Like their matches, it's been great. Yes. But LA Knight's my big favorite. I got an LA Knight shirt. I wore around school before. It's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that you you are cooler now than you were ten minutes ago, Gage. That is awesome, man. They look thank you so much for the time. Look forward to seeing you seeing you tonight, buddy. Good luck, dude. Of course. Thank you all very much. Yep, that is Coach Gage Griffin. Anytime we could get somebody to do an LA Knight impersonation, yeah. Uh, it's great for the show, and uh, we it's a big Undertaker guy. I'm a big Undertaker guy, too. That's what that was? You never heard L.A. Knight say, yeah? No. I, I... All right, well, I'll pull it up on YouTube, and I'll play it for you in just a second. But, yeah, that's his thing. He says something witty, and then he says, yeah, after. I just thought y'all were freaking out for a second. No, 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 no. Let's catch now, now I understand. Let's okay. catch a break. Uh, when, when we get back from the break, we'll get our high school scoreboard from last night. It was light. Um, but after that, uh, we're, we got to talk because the LHSA is trying to do some very interesting things. Um, don't know that it'll pass. I think it might be a little premature for the future. And, or, but, and we're going to open the phone lines. We yep. want people, uh, I want to hear some opinions on this. 798-7748 if you want to chime in. Uh, we've got some basketball scores, and then we got some tea, as they like to say. It's play-by-play. Play. We'll be right back after this. A grade C is just average. A grade B, better. But an A, 
An A is excellent. And an A is what Thibodeau Regional earned for patient safety from the LeapFrog Group, a leading healthcare quality and safety organization. This A in patient safety is yet another confirmation of Thibodeau Regional's commitment to providing patients with the highest quality, safest care. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, The Back Road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Remember, water safety isn't just for the summer months. Water safety is a year-long commitment to our family and friends as well as our community. A few safety tips to remember. Be mindful of children when there is any water around, whether it be pools, ponds, lakes, bathtubs, or the bayou. Keep all bodies of water secure with fences, gates, and covers when not in use. Drowning does not discriminate. It happens to people of every age and swimming ability. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. There's no combination of words I could put on the back of a postcard. To steal a phrase from a podcaster that I respect a whole lot, Mr. Eric Bischoff. He lives to enlighten. I live to enlighten. I just enlightened Coach Brian Colley during the commercial break about L.A. Night. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Now we got it settled. So now he understands what Gage and I were doing. Gage yes. and I were not having a seizure in that last segment. We were uh, we were doing something witty and clever. At least we thought it was. Uh, let's get to our scoreboard from yesterday. Uh, Monday schedule, kind of light. Not a whole lot of results. Um, and on the schedule, we had Central Lafouche get a 55-23 to win over Ellender. So good job on Coach Tora and her team. They get a decisive victory over the Ellender Patriots, take care of business, defend their home floor, and get a big win. Destrahan falls last night. Girls basketball action to Ponchatoula, 66-49. Brian and I have seen Ponchatoula this year. Ain't no shame losing to them. is a really, really good team. They take down Destrahan last night. East St. John and our local scoreboard, they get a 44-14 girls basketball win over Bonneville. Bonneville's back in action. They had postponed the game with South Lafouche and had taken a little sabbatical, but they're back at it. East St. John gets a 30-point win over them. Hanville, 57, Letcher, 25. The Hanville Tigers get a win over the Letcher Bulldogs and do an excellent job uh, getting a non-district victory. Let's see, in 4A we had... Morgan City fall to East Iberville, 61-44. East Iberville gets a victory over Morgan City. It's actually a road victory over Morgan City. South Lafouche, whoo, they took it on the chin last night. They took on Archbishop Chappelle on the road. It was 52-12. Chappelle gets a win over South Lafouche. 
Understand the Lady Tarpons were without some pieces there last night, and Chappelle takes full advantage, getting a 40-point win over the Lady Tarpons. West St. Mary gets a home win, 44-38 over South Terrebonne last night. So West St. Mary gets a win there. Berwick gets a 46-21 win over Centerville, so a good win for the Berwick Panthers. Uh, they actually went on the road. I was about to say defend their home floor, but they go on the road and get a win. Still awaiting the season debut of Homa Christian School, so we don't have any 2A scores. In single A, we don't have any scores, so that moves us to the boys' basketball scoreboard from last night, which was also kind of light. Actually, the girls' scoreboard was a little heavier than what I realized. This is not a local score, but it's a score just of state interest. McMain gets a 75-70 to win over Bonneville in a matchup of two big-time heavyweights. Um, another non-local score, but a score of interest because HL Bourgeois played Plaquemine earlier this year. Plaquemine falls to Karen Crow 62-57, to so Bourgeois doesn't get a power point there. Some local teams have played Denham Springs. They got a 53-51 to win over Hammond, so plus one for everybody who played Denham Springs. Now we get to the local scores. Hanville gets a 78-57 to win over Lutcher. Good 21-point win for Hanville. Coach Randolph's team continuing their strong start to the season. In 4A, we go and we see that uh, Vanderbilt gets a 81-48 win over South Plaquemine, a game that Brian and I were at last night. Berwick falls to Centerville, 63-35. Centerville gets a decisive win over the Berwick Panthers. Uh, we had in 2A, nobody in single A. Covenant Christian gets a victory, 58-39 over Christ Episcopal School. So good win for CCA. And tonight, uh, we got a big one, South Lafouche and Central Lafouche. Before we talk about some LHSA craziness, man, what are some things the Tarpons, let's start with the boys, what are some things the Tarpons boys got to do to try to slow down the wave? Because Central Lafouche has a lot of different dudes that they could hit you with. Um, Evan Griffin is one of the best players in the area. They've got pieces around him. They're going to be in your face on defense. This is a tough matchup tonight. How do the Tarpons try to slow them down? Yeah, I'm not going to say start fast, but they can't start slow. It's uh, over a week since they have played. Uh, they had a few practices in between. So I don't know how much rust they're going to have because it's still early in the season. You played a few games and you got like a week break. So uh, I'm anxious to see if that's going to hurt the Tarpons at the beginning of the game or not, or they could come with fresh legs. The Trojans are coming off. A decent showing at the uh, HL tournament. Uh, so just don't start slow and make shots. When they make shots, they, they can win some games from uh, the outside. A loaded boys basketball schedule tonight, South Lafouche and Central Lafouche. You got HL Bourgeois traveling to take on Westgate. That'll be a pretty good one. You got Terrebonne traveling to take on Bruley. That'll be a really good one. Ellen, they're hosting Homa Christian School. That's going to be an interesting game there. Don't be surprised if Homa Christian School gives them uh, everything that they could handle. Morgan City hosting Centerville. Let's see. We've got Berwick traveling to take on Central Catholic. Spoiler alert, Central Catholic is going to get their first win of the season tonight, in my opinion, over Berwick. Donaldsonville is hosting Crescent City. Um, 2A, we told you about Homa Christian School. Single A, CCA is off. Central Catholic hosting Berwick. So we do have a loaded boys schedule. Um, now let's get to the, to the drama, so to speak. Um, a lot was made yesterday because a prominent social media page that covers high school athletics got wind of a situation that you and I, frankly, have been talking about throughout the course of the season involving, 
um, Tredez Green, the tight end at Zachary that ridiculously was able to play football because, oh, he was recruited to play basketball, so he's eligible for everything else. Um, I posted my thoughts on social media saying that I thought that it was ridiculous. I think that the LHSA in general is ridiculous because, spoiler alert, I went shoot pictures of the state championship games this weekend, not realizing that you could only put five pictures on a website, and I put more, and about 10 minutes later, I got an email, hey, you got to take that down. So we're following the picture rules more than we're following our recruiting rules, which I think is a little bit ridiculous. But now here's what we got. Coach Barba sent me, uh, Mike Barba at South Terrebonne sent me this. Um, it is a proposal to amend the Constitution or bylaws, which will allow for a one-time transfer to be made without a student-athlete having to sit out. A student will have the option of a one-time transfer during his or her high school career. Exceptions, bona fide moves with his or her parents, as well as defined in 1.14, if the student has not used their one-time transfer option as defined, the following rules will apply. And then they got a bunch of different rules and, and, and you know little sub-rules there. But basically what we're going to be attempting to do, and this was proposed by the executive committee and is going to be voted on a little later. And if you want to give us a call, by the way, we, we I think we had somebody who tried to call just a second ago, 798-7748. Um, but... Basically, what we're doing is we're giving everybody a freebie. If you're at Terrebonne High School and you want to go to HL Bourgeois and you could make the math work and get an address and all that good stuff, you could go. You don't have to sit out. If you are at South Lafouche right now, you want to pack up, go to E.D. White, you could play tomorrow. A, what this does, this further widens the gap between select and non-select. Why? Well, select non-select students will be able to go to select schools and will not have to move, will not have to relocate, will not have to do anything, and they could be eligible right away. It won't work in reverse. A Thibodeau kid can't transfer from E.D. White and play at South Lafouche without moving. The boundaries and the zones are still going to be in place, so it'll further widen the gap between select and non-select. B, this is basically going to create a transfer portal in high school athletics. I think that the wiser move from the LHSAA would be, hey, let's uh, let's just enforce our rules, man. Like Instead of just giving ourselves an excuse to not enforce our rules, which is what this is, by the way. This is the LHSAA giving themselves a free pass to not enforce their rules. So instead of doing that, why don't we just, you know, hey, if somebody's cheating, like we saw in the Dome this weekend, there was a team there that was playing. They finished runner-up, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, Division One non-select. Not throwing any names out there, but the runner-up in Division One non-select was breaking the rules, and we did nothing about it. So instead of doing that, why don't we just crack down on the people who are in violation of the rules? I don't understand why we are trying to give our self free passes to allow flagrant cheating in an association where there's already flagrant cheating that's going on. And I don't fault the school so much as the people that enforcing and making these rules. It's, it relies on, it falls on them. And it's just, uh, it's mind-boggling. And Casey, with the NIL deals that are going to come along with this, mm -hmm. when you, it, it's, uh, 
That'll be a dark day in the LHSA and high school athletics if that passes. It's crazy. I don't think it's going to. But I do think that within five to ten years it's going to. Because I think right now everybody's kind of spooked. Oh, you know, hey, man, this would be too much too soon. But I do think that they're going to slowly nibble more and more and more and more. And I do think at some point this is what we're going to see. And I'll go so far as to say that within 10, 15, 20 years, I don't think there's going to be enrollment zones at all that are going to be enforced. I think they're going to tell people you could just go wherever you want to go, and it's going to end up being like college. In middle school, you're going to get recruited to schools And I think it's going to be like college athletics at the high school level. I don't think that's any good for anybody, but I think that's where it's headed decades going into the future because the LHSA has openly, we're washing our hands. We don't want nothing to do with enforcing this stuff. So we're going to just make it easier for you guys to cheat instead of making it harder and enforcing and cracking down. They're just saying openly, it's too much for us. We're stressed. We need a mental health day. They're doing like Ben Simmons. So go ahead and just break the rules. We'll make it easy for y'all. Why not uh, a concept here? Play where you live in your boundary. We're not going to do that. Let's not get carried away. And and watch, some of these teams here, I don't know. Look, they may be a lower classification. If this thing passes, they may get more and more kids in. They can be bumped up a class or two. I don't know about two, but if they're on the verge, they can be bumped up a class. And uh, I don't know, granting everyone a one-time transfer. It's um. So you would practice, you getting coached up. Oh, I don't like the way the coach uh, looked at me or told me something. I'm leaving. And you go, you leave. Adios. You're playing tomorrow. It's. Uh, I, I don't like that. That makes me nervous. Um. I like to read in these things. They have a rationale. They they give their proposal, and underneath, a lot of times, they have a rationale. Like why? Let me see if I could find that and see if that's in there. Because yeah, I don't, I don't see that. That's going to be voted on in um, January. Yeah, we're gonna have to get somebody. To oh, here we go. I, no, I found it. I found it. The the pros. <laughs> Listen to this. They got a list of pros and cons. <laughs> the pros. It allows students the opportunity of a one-time transfer without losing varsity eligibility. Recurring penalties remain intact. That is a pro. Another pro. Remedies the eligibility feeder pattern to high schools. I don't know what those last two even mean, but the cons. God, this is ridiculous. The cons. The perception of allowing transfers for athletic purposes. Duh! 100% of the transfers are going to be for athletic purposes. How how ridiculous. Then the second con, students at the receiving school could lose their varsity starting positions due to these transfers. I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Whoever wrote this, whoever wrote this pros and this cons list, Oh, my God. This is ridiculous. And that's coming from the executive committee. And there's there's a quote at the end of this from Ronald Reagan. Listen to this. It's talking about how student-athletes should have a school choice. And they have a quote from Ronald Reagan. Choice represents a return to some of our most basic notions about education. In particular, programs emphasizing choice reflect the simple truth 
that the keys to educational success are schools and teachers that teach and parents who insist that their children learn. This is not about athletics. What? I mean, this is not, I'm sorry, I said yeah, that wrong. Yeah. This is not about academics. This is 100% about athletics. Talking about school choice and education. And, give me a break. Tredaz Green went to Zachary so that he could be taught better by a math teacher. Give me a break. That's insane. That is a slap in the face to every coach in the state of Louisiana trying to say that the majority of these transfers are made because of educational reasons. Come on, man. That That's embarrassing. Does it say any time on when a transfer has to take place? Uh, yeah, I'm sure it does. Uh, yeah, they, they cannot allow that during the season or – Seems like once school starts, you you locked in. Well, it, every transfer, according to the LHSAA, is because of academic reasons. So if a student is not succeeding in math, then he should be able to go to another school that has a better math teacher because that's why kids actually leave. It doesn't have yeah. anything to do with athletics, right? Give me a break. This just goes to show how out of touch the association is with reality. That is absurd. That is absurd. And if that passes – Dark days ahead. And if you are listening in Baton Rouge and you don't like what I'm saying right now, I don't give a damn because that's ridiculous because I am speaking on behalf of the coaches in our area who are behind me who all feel the same way because I've talked to all of them. Listen to what Dennis had to say earlier. Listen to what any of the coaches in the Bayou region have to say earlier. This is ridiculous. Executive committee puts this on. Ridiculous. Let's catch a break. I'm going to calm down, take some blood pressure medicine. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Home health services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health, where the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Will Abel and the Abel Law Firm in Thibodeau, Louisiana are proud supporters of local athletics. The Abel Law Firm focuses on commercial litigation and serious personal injury claims in state and federal courts across Louisiana. That's Abel Law Firm in Thibodeau. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets with cages and certified safety slings for easy maneuvering. Also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7 in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, Reserve, Odessa, Texas, and Pascagoula, Mississippi. Visit joeseptic at viscom.net.
You know, one time, and I'm, this story is not true because I actually was a good student my entire academic career, but one time I came home with an A on the science test, and my mama told me, well, you better make A's on all of the science tests because you just proved that you could do it once, so you got to do it again. Um, the New Orleans Pelicans beat the Timberwolves last night, 121-107. to now. And... They made an A on their science test. The Wolves were 17-4 and four coming in, had the best record in the NBA. And this is the thing about New Orleans, man, is that, look, even me, the biggest of the big Pelican hater, and it's not even really a hater. I root for the team to do well. I just don't think that they have what it takes to do well over a long period of time. But last night, you made an A on your science test. So we should be expecting what we got last night Way more often than what we get it. You're 13 and 11. Last night, Zion Williamson was a man possessed. 36 points, five rebounds. I would still like to see him rebound the ball a little better and get, you know, mix it up inside a little more. But 36 points, 13 of 17 shooting, 10 of 12 from the free throw line. He was a force. He was a man amongst boys. He dominated the game. Some games we just don't see that. He took a lot of heat after the champion uh, the semifinal game against the Lakers in Vegas. Shaquille O'Neal is calling him out. Charles Barkley saying he's out of shape. There's reports in NOLA.com saying he's out of shape. The team's trying to get him in shape. He bounced back. You got to give him credit. He bounced back. Last night, he played exceptionally well. Maybe his best game of the season. They beat the Wolves decisively 121-107. to The challenge is not whether or not Zion Williamson could be good in one game. It's not. Because we've seen him be good in one game. It's can he be good for one month? Can he be good for a stretch of 20 to 25 games? Can he play both halves of a back-to-back and actually try on defense in the second half? Can he sustain what he did last night? You made an A on your science test, young Zion. Now I want to see an A on your next science test because right now we got too many A's one game, F the next game, D minus the next game, B plus after that. The ship is wobbling. You never know what direction it's going to go. This is a team that should be better than 13-11, and 11, but last night you proved that you – when you play well, you could beat anybody. So where does it go from here? We'll find out soon. New Orleans is taking on Washington tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. That's going to be a – should be a blowout. Washington is terrible. But how do you continue to sustain what you built last night? Be interested to see what New Orleans brings to the table coming forward because just look at the last few results. Beat the Spurs, lose to the Bulls. Beat the Kings, lose to the Lakers. Beat the Wolves. Now what's next? And that what's next is going to be, or, or even go further back than that. Beat the Kings, beat the Clippers, then lose to the Jazz twice. Like it's two steps forward, one step back, one step forward, three steps back. It's just inconsistent. Can they get more consistent? If they can, they're one of the better teams. But this is a, a, a core group that has never been consistent before. So why should we expect it to change anytime soon? Yeah, that, that's the thing. If they want to make the next step, they got to be consistent. Stay injury-free, first of all, and just be consistent and buy in. Everyone buys in. Not everybody but one. Everybody has to buy in and and be consistent if you want to take that next step. And we'll see over the next uh, several weeks if they can start to make that next step or it's going to be the same old, same old. The Wizards um, are a train wreck. They they are 3-19. and You can't lose to them. They are giving up 126 points per game. They are the worst defensive basketball team that I have ever seen. Um, so, yeah, you got to beat them tomorrow. Uh, even though it's at their place, you got to beat them tomorrow. 
Um, let's talk a little bit about the Saints for a second. The Saints are going to be taking on the Giants on Sunday. I watched the Giants last night. I don't think the Saints are beating the Giants on Sunday. Tommy DeVito is playing well. They at home defeated the Green Bay Packers last night. Um, New Orleans is trying to piece some things together. They're trying to get into the postseason. It's a big three-way tie for the division right now. New York's coming in. New York's got a little life. They've got a little spark. And I didn't realize this, Brian, and, and I was actually talking about this with some friends. There's this assumption that like New Orleans has to win the division to make the playoffs. And yeah, of course, that's their easiest way in. But brother, the NFC is so bad, so bad, that New Orleans, in theory, could make it in as a wild card. And I say that because right now, if the playoffs started today, the last team in would be Green Bay, who's six and seven. New Orleans is six and seven. So there's a possibility that because the NFC is such a dumpster fire, that Atlanta or Tampa might win the division, and New Orleans can maybe still somehow get in because of how bad everybody else is. Seattle has tanked. The Rams lost Sunday. Green Bay lost yesterday. We might have a wild card team that's below 500, which creates a second door that New Orleans might be able to walk into. Man, that's insane. But because of the ineptitude of the conference that you're in, you now have two possible ways that you could get into the postseason. Yeah, and and I think the wild card way would be a stretch because they're not going to have any tiebreakers. Yeah, uh, you 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 have to beat the Rams, definite. If I mean you lose to them, that's a potential uh, tiebreaker. Uh, Tampa Bay and uh, Atlanta, you got to beat them. If you lose to them, they w- would get you in a wild card. And if uh, you do beat them, then I think you possibly well you'd have a better shot at the division. That's crazy. A better shot at winning the division than a wild card. Unbelievable. Um, Atlanta has Carolina on Sunday, so you would expect that Atlanta would take care of business and would get to 7-7, and but they're Atlanta. You never know. Tampa Bay this Sunday has Green Bay on the road. That's a 50-50 game. That could go either way. Um, New Orleans has the Giants, who I said a minute ago, I think the Giants are going to give them 10 kinds of hell, man. DeVito has been playing well. The Giants are now 5-8. and eight. They have won three games in a row. Um, don't just go and expect New Orleans to just blow out the Giants in the Dome. This is going to be a tough game. They have confidence. Uh, they got a guy who I think runs their system better than Daniel Jones did. Saquon Barkley's healthy. If New Orleans doesn't play better offensively than they did on Sunday against Carolina, the Giants are coming to the Dome and beating their ass. Yeah, and look, it's possible the top three teams in NFC South can be six and eight with, what, three games left? We've got to end this, right? Like, dude, this shouldn't be – like, there's teams that are below 500 shouldn't make the playoffs, man. And and look, the – the NFC East was that division a couple years ago, and even then I said it. Like Dallas and Philly and whoever was good, they, they shouldn't be in. I think it ended up being the Commanders who won the division that year, and they played Tampa and lost in the first round. But we've got to end this, man. Like this is this is nuts that it's like this. We got teams that are above five hundred on the other side that are scratching and clawing and ain't ain't gonna get in. And we got these teams that are six and eight or whatever that are still very much in the picture, not even to win but to host in the opening round. 
got to get rid of that. I, I don't like that. We got to get rid of that. Yeah, it's it's not good, but it is what it is. And hopefully, Saint, if you're a Saints fan, you need to hope that uh, Atlanta and Tampa lose. They they they, they got to keep losing. And the Saints, if they win, that's a bonus. Hmm. If I tell you tomorrow that you're going to go to the playoffs. <clears throat> Lose the first game, but by going to the playoffs, Dennis Allen's going to save his job. Do you want to go to the playoffs? No. There you go. I'd be rooting for Atlanta and Tampa to win. And I, <laughs> and I, I still think he's coming back regardless. <sighs> if he does, man, it's going to be a hard sell. He better go and get an offensive coordinator that is the bee's knees. He better uh, – it's going to be a very, very hard sell uh, because, man – Goodness, well, something at worst. At worst, the uh, Carmichael's out. Yeah, we've got four NFL games before Sunday this week. Thursday night, we got the Chargers taking on Las Vegas. Saturday, we've got a triple header. Didn't realize that. Saturday, we got a triple header. All of the games on the NFL Network: Minnesota traveling to take on Cincinnati, Pittsburgh traveling to take on Indianapolis, and Sean Payton and the crew, Denver traveling to take on Detroit. So we've got three games on Saturday, one on Thursday, and then a light Sunday schedule. The big game on Sunday, and I'm not just saying this because it involves my team, but the big game on Sunday is the Cowboys taking on the Bills. That one will be Sunday at 325. Um, great test for Dallas. They're a two-and-a-half-point underdog taking on a Buffalo team. Who, since they put Joe Brady in charge of that offense, the Bills are really good now, and I think the Bills could maybe win the last game. And I know I'm all year long, oh, man, they're cursed, and I still think they kind of are, right? But um, Joe Brady has made a difference there. Look out for Buffalo. They made a statement on the road at Kansas City. It's going to be a really tough game for my Cowboys. If Dallas goes to Buffalo and wins, oh, watch out! I'm going to be screaming in here on Monday, just so y'all know. Let's yeah, go. yeah. Let's catch a break when we get back. Want to talk about some crazy things happening in Major League Baseball? Because Shohei Otani, not only did he get a big contract, but he's doing some really unique stuff with his big contract that I think is going to change the future of big contracts. That, and you guys asked, so I'm going to deliver. You guys have been asked, hey, man, where's the betting picks? We look forward to those. I'm going to get you some betting picks at the bottom of the show. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick-loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! While inventory is growing... Prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the confident and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and cut off the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackets. 
Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. Cheers! Cheers, please! Welcome back to Play by Play. One more segment to go. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, Shohei Otani getting a 10 year, $700 million contract yesterday. Um, but now the devil is in the details. And I think that um, Shohei Otani and his representation are doing something that is <laughs> extremely innovative extremely unique and I think it's going to help him maybe win some World Series championships during his time in Los Angeles. Otani is taking two million dollars a season during the entire length of his contract which is 10 years. So during the time that he's playing for the Dodgers, he's gonna get 10 years, 20 million dollars, two million dollars each per year. With the logic being that, hey, while I'm playing, I've got endorsements. I've got all sorts of stuff. My endorsements are paying me $35, $40 million a year. Like, I'm going to be rich as hell. I don't need money from the team. Y'all go and spend some money and get me some help, get me some support. The Dodgers are going to hit the free agent market hard, knowing that, hey, we we ain't got to pay this dude while he's actually on our team. He is then also deferring 97% of his contract which is roughly $680 million total to be paid to him from 2034 to 2043, long after he is retired. So Otani is going to get $2 million a season from the Dodgers for the next 10 years. Then for the 10 years after that, when he retires, he is going to get $46 million a year for like 11 or 12 years or whatever to make up the rest of that difference. I have never seen anything like this before. Don't know if this is going to work out for the Dodgers, but it's very unique in that they're saying, oh, yeah, we'll make you a billionaire, but it's going to be after you play for us that we're going to pay you because while you're here with us, we want to get you some help. We want to spend some money. We want to do some different things. And I was actually talking about this yesterday at the basketball gym. Don't be surprised if in eight or nine years the Dodgers owner – sells the team. And then what you have happen is you get the value of Shohei Otani for eight or nine seasons, which raises the price of your franchise. Then you sell the team and leave the bill to the next owner. We've never seen anything like this before, but very interesting. The Dodgers are trying to say, hey, we're going to just give you peanuts up front, get you some help, and then we'll give you seven hundred or six hundred and eighty million dollars in the ten years after you play for us. Unique stuff. What a retirement! Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Once you finish, I know, right? Six hundred eighty million. Don't think he's going to have to uh, to come in and help us here at play by play. I think he's going to be financially secure in retirement. I right? think so. Yeah. <laughs> I, yes. 
40 something million dollars a year for like 10 or 11 years straight but it's crazy man um but good on Otani's team. They said, hey, man, the endorsements are carrying us. We're doing great. We want to win. We want to win championships. Oof. We'll take the, the mother load at the bottom of the contract. So just thought that was interesting. Just thought that was worthwhile. Yesterday, Monday Night Football, we had some interesting results. We had the Dolphins gag one away last night. We talked about the Giants beating Green Bay 24-22. The Dolphins gagged one away last night. Tennessee overcomes a deficit in the final stages of the game. The Dolphins were leading 27-13 to with four minutes left. The Titans score, get the ball back, score again. And it's Tennessee who spoils Miami's chances at maybe getting home field advantage. Dude, I don't know who's good and who's not good in the NFL right now, man. Uh, the, the Chiefs look weak. The Dolphins are struggling. Like The AFC side of things is wide open. I don't have a clue. That's why I lean towards Buffalo maybe having a chance. The playoffs are going to be fun because I don't think we have a great team in the league except for maybe San Francisco. Yeah, that's a bad, bad loss for the Dolphins at home. And the way they they lost, they had a a chance at the end with the ball, and whew, that last drive was brutal. That was brutal. Look, I'm going to get you some betting picks, then we'll get out of here. Well, no, we got a little bit more time. I don't have to get to the picks right now, but I'm going to have some betting picks for you all. Um, let's see, we've got. An NIL deal from Caitlin Clark of Iowa, star female women's basketball player of Iowa, finished runner-up to LSU last season, signed an NIL deal with Gatorade, becoming the fourth collegiate athlete and second women's basketball player to join the Gatorade roster. Um, she said, I'm fortunate to be part of the first generation of collegiate athletic or athletes who are not only able to contribute to the legacy of our colleges and universities, but able to start to build something of our own off the court. Dude, this NIL thing is, uh, <laughs> it is spiraling out of control. These players are making cash left and right and good on them, right? They, if, if, if you got a market, you should be able to market yourself. But who would have ever thought four or five years ago that this is where we would be? Just unbelievable how this is going. And it blew up quick. Just wait in the next couple of years what it's going to do. Patrick Mahomes said today that he regrets his outbursts on the sidelines and his interaction with Josh Allen. So let me paraphrase that. He regrets acting like a brat after losing to the Bills. He went up to Josh Allen and shook his hand, and instead of saying, hey, good game, buddy, he immediately was yelling and screaming and cussing about the officials. No more than a couple minutes after having to be restrained at trying to go and confront and, and charge towards the officials, Patrick Mahomes acted like a brat, but at least now he knows he acted like a brat. He said, obviously, you don't want to react that way. I care. I care, man. I love it. I love this game, and I love my teammates. I want to go out there and put everything on the line to win. But obviously you can't do that, can't be that way towards the officials or really anybody in life, he said in an interview in Kansas City Radio. Repeat, repeat, I don't want to interrupt, sorry about that, but... The quote? Yeah. Obviously you don't want to react that way. I mean, I care, man. I love it, man. I love this game. I love my teammates. I want to go out there and put everything on the line to win. Put everything on the line. Yeah. How How about put everything behind the line? (laughs) <laughs> scrimmage. Uh, uh, you don't have to worry about it i don't know that he would like you saying that <laughs> but he said a lot of f-bombs and a lot of mean spirited things after the game andy reed also by the way apologized yesterday because andy reed blasted the officials after the game they were wrong andy reed said yesterday he was two inches away or an inch away from being legal it's a game of inches, Andy. You can't line up offsides and expect to uh, to. I get the heat of the moment. You say dumb things, but 
I thought that they took that one a little bit too far. Um, NCAA basketball today, we should have some top 25 games. We've got just two. Duke will be taking on Hofstra. Tennessee will be taking on Georgia Southern. We told you yesterday that Mulkey um, released a player from the program. LSU is playing tonight in the PMAC, taking on McNeese, a McNeese team that is coming off of a 124-44 to loss against Baylor. McNeese, God help you. It's going to be another rough night for you tonight. Um, but, dude, it has not been a rough start to the season, and I'll get to the betting picks after this point. It has not been a rough start to the season for the McNeese men. The McNeese men are ranked 30th in the country in the net ratings, which is a computer formula that factors the best teams in the country. Will Wade's group right now is 8-2. and two. He has just finished serving his suspension and will rejoin the team in the coming days. They have victories this season over UAB by 21. They have a victory this season over VCU by 11. They play close to Louisiana Tech, beat Texas State, beat Tennessee Martin by 11. They're taking on Southern Miss tomorrow and Will Wade's first game back in action. Dude, this is, um, they're the favorites in the Southland Conference, and I don't think that there's a close second right now. What he's done in one offseason is ridiculous. I'll go so far as to say there's going to be somebody who's going to see this turnaround. He's going to only be there one year. He's going to get a bigger job after this season. Ooh, and I would be that would be tough for uh, McNeese. Only one year. You got to know that coming in, though, right? Like he ain't gonna be there ten years. I mean, he had no, some. No, but point. if he's there two or three, or yeah. at least three. Yeah. Um. I I don't know if they're gonna even get that. Let's get some betting picks uh, today in college basketball. Let's see. We've got. I'm gonna take Louisiana Tech and Southeastern to go over 134 and a half. Both teams play with some pace. Both teams play with some tempo. I like that one to go over. In the NBA, I got some games. It's a light NBA schedule, but I do got some games that I like, and I'm going to tell you that. I like tonight the Suns minus one over the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors are not good at, on the road. They're traveling to Phoenix. Give me Phoenix to win that one. I like um, the Dallas Mavericks plus four and a half over the Lakers. I think the Lakers are going to be on a little bit of a high after winning the in-season tournament. By the way, did you see that the Lakers are hanging a banner in their stadium for winning the in-season tournament? No, did not. That's well, all the LeBron fans could say, "Oh, well, LeBron won an well, in-season let, tournament." When you finish your picks, let me know. Okay, sure, I could do that. The last one I got is I like over two thirty-five and a half for the Clippers and the Kings. My red-hot Clippers, who won again last night and who are going to win again today. I like over 235 and a half. They're starting to play some really good offense. Harden's figuring out how to get the ball to Kawhi and Paul George. I like over in that matchup. You said, remind you when the picks are over? Yes. The picks are over. Good did, did you see LeBron? He went to his son's return to college basketball. I did. He walked in the arena. Mm -hmm. So when he walked in, during the playing of the national anthem. Yes, sir. He did not stop. He kept walking to his seat. When he got to his seat, he sat down. Are you during the rest of the playing of it? I mean, it's look. I have some some bad news for the James family because look, I've said this since the kid was a senior in high school. By the way, he didn't make first team all district in his district in high school. LeBron has been planning and plotting forever and ever. Hey, I'm going to play with my boy. My boy's going to be a first round pick. I'm going wherever my your boy ain't getting drafted, bro. 
I watched his opening game, 17 minutes, four points, three rebounds, two assists, one of three shooting. His boy's not an NBA player. No. And, well, maybe in three, four years he might be, but this idea that Bronny's going to be a one-and-done and a surefire first-round pick, nah. Yeah, and all these oh, you just don't like LeBron James. You 100% correct, yes. <laughs> and that just, it it adds where he can, he, oh, he just walks in, doesn't, most people are walking, are you late for you, you're going to stop. And stand, show respect. I mean, I would think most people would. I would think so. Gets to his seat and just uh, sits down. <sighs> no Clown. big surprises there. Uh, let's wrap up today's show. We thank Dennis Gaines for the time and also for an amazing answer to that last question. If you're just catching the show right now, go back in the archives and listen to Dennis's thoughts on the LHSA's proposed transfer rule. Um, it's worth your time. Also, thanks to Gage Griffin for his time. We got South Lafouche and Central Lafouche tonight. Girls, roughly 6 o'clock. Boys, roughly 15 minutes after the girls. So figure 720 or so. Um, that'll be here on KLEB and also on ESPN 100.3. Can't wait to be out there for that. So, for Coach Brian Colley, this is Casey Justclare. Have a wonderful day, man. I look out the window. It's a beautiful day today. Yes, it is. Hope everybody could take advantage of that. Have a great rest of the day. Love you guys. God bless. We'll be back tomorrow on Play by Play. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.